Welcome back, club hockey fans and players. Episode five here of the Hockey House. I'm Murph, joined virtually by Glick and Fitz. Let's go to Glick first. How are you doing today? Not bad. Just excited for another week of um, of a podcast. Excited. We had a great interview this week. I'm sure you guys are going to love it. And uh, Fitz, you were the one who uh, brought us this glorious interview. How are you doing? Doing good, Murph. Just uh, another day at the office. So we did get some ACHA hockey this week. A um, couple teams out west getting to play. Some inter-squad scrimmages here on the East Coast. Um, looks like we've got more ACHA on the schedule for the coming week. Looking down the list, we've got playing this week. Looks like Adrian's going to play a couple exhibition games against the junior, the Sioux Eagles. We got Ann Arbor going to Lawrence Tech, Iowa State going to Waldorf. That's about it. Slow, slow week in the ACHA. Waldorf is Glick's team, baby. And they did not perform this weekend. Uh, They got swept by Midland, and then Sunday they played Division Two. They played the Division Two U Mary Marauders, who are on a hot streak, and they uh, they went up two to one, and then let up seven straight unanswered goals, and dropped eight to two. So Glick, you might not want to. Yeah. Uh, maybe you uh, <laughs> jinx the Waldorf Warriors. Yeah. Sorry, join the, boys. Join the Midland boys. The Midland boys get it done. Midland boys <laughs> were rolling, and, and the U Mary boys are rolling. They've, uh, I think they've played more games in the ACHA this year than anybody else. Uh, they've played six games so far, uh, three of them against Jamestown. They played two against Jamestown's Division Two team, and then they tied Jamestown's Division One team in overtime. But um, in other ACHA news, uh, unfortunately, we've got some bad news uh, this time coming from St. Norbert. Um, On Tuesday, October 12th, St. Norbert College notified the athletes and coaches of the ACHA hockey team that they would no longer have a season nor a team on this campus. The college stated that they would have all of their intercollegiate sports be a part of the NCAA and the NCAA only. The boys at St. Norbert have reached out. They're starting a petition so far, they've got 3,000, almost 500 signatures. Uh, they're looking for 5,000. So if you do have the time of day, head over to our Instagram bio and click the link to help out the boys at St. Norbert. Tough to see a team um, team get taken away, during a t- especially during a time like this. I'm not really sure if St. Norbert has any club teams on campus. I, I looked at the website. It sounds like they just got varsity sports and intramurals, so – puts the ACHA team in a tough spot there. Um, but certainly don't want to see this happen to anybody. Yeah, hope the boys out. That being said, we do have great interview coming up with Christian Sherman Clickio. So we're going to turn it over to that. Fall is in full swing, and with the leaves blowing in the wind, you're going to want something to tame your lettuce. Sally Hockey Co.'s new online store has the perfect solution. Their new trucker hats come in four awesome colors, charcoal, off-white, camo, and gray. Thank you to everyone joining us this week for another Hockey House interview. I am pleased to welcome this week the all-time leading goal scorer and second leading point scorer in Indiana University hockey history. Here he is, my former teammate and good friend, Christian Sherman Colicchio, or as the boys call him, Sherms. Sherms, how we doing, buddy? boys? Excited (laughs) to be on the pod. Thanks for having me. 
That's I'll give it to you. That's probably the best intro we've had yet. That was I pretty mean, good. There's a little I, blood flow going right now. Like, I was watching. I was watching Sherm there. You would have thought the national anthem was playing. He was on the blue line. I thought I was at University of Illinois, which is one of your questions. Best place to play. I swear, their guy that announces the names. He's got your hometown, everything. I felt like I was back at that blue line. Fitz, you ever get to play there? We were supposed to last year. Or when you when you were a senior, weren't we supposed to play there? We just canned it because we weren't going to make regionals at the end of the year. Yeah, I think that is right. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that place is unbelievable. It's like you're sitting there on the ice and you're just looking up because there's no bleachers that are coming down from like somewhat ice level. It's all everyone's elevated up over and they're over your bench and it's going all the way around the rink and it's actually like uh, for me it was like the mecca of like club hockey i mean now they're gonna get a division one program but i mean it was it was definitely the team that like if they're gonna go division one at this point it probably should because they had everything going for them other than the fact that their ice sheet is a fucking lake and i was 30 pounds heavier than what i am now so when i saw the damn thing i was like and i was playing center i was like oh my god back checking is gonna be an absolute nightmare tonight i was like there's gonna be no offensive production but you know we only lost by a goal so yeah, man, the corners are weird. Like, if you rip one down low, it could potentially bop out right in front of your net. It's like a, it's a lose-lose situation. It's really not good for cycling or anything like that. I already know a lot about you, but let's uh, let's get Murph and Glick a uh, a general rundown, and everyone listen and just tell us about your your hockey career and how you ended up playing ACHA hockey at Indiana University. So you want me to run like through the whole thing or do you yeah. want me to just, all right. Start to finish. Um, so just to give you like a little bit of background. Like, where'd, you, where'd you grow up and everything? Yeah. So I was born in New Jersey. Uh, my dad was a goalie. He played at Rutgers. And um, yeah, when I was born, living there, he got me on skates when I was like two. Um, hadn't started playing competitively yet. And I think right when we, right when I turned four, uh, he got a job transfer down to Georgia so I played on my first team when I was like five and then I got like right into travel hockey after that. And um, we had some good teams. I mean, I went up on this team, literally all Georgia kids and we played in silver six internationals in Detroit and we beat this Toronto team that was like 44 and Oh, we beat them twice. This is a crazy story. So in the first game of the tournament, we're down four to three. I tie it with nine seconds left and my best friend scores with a second left. So that's the first game of the tournament. So we give them their first loss of the season. And then in the finals with nine seconds left, I tied it and my best friend scored the game winning goal with a second left. It was like the biggest what the fuck moment I've ever felt. But it was like from that point on, I think people knew like, okay, this like Georgia area has like, maybe not like the full team is like an absolute wagon, but it's like, there are guys on this. So we started playing a lot of, we just kept this team together for a while. And you saw that once we turned like 16 or whatever, a lot of us were planning on moving away. And that's where like, for me, it came in. I, uh, after we went to nationals, it was my 16 year, which would have been my junior year of high school. Uh, I sent out some emails, had a really good year, had a good national tournament uh, and sent out some emails like CompuWare Mission, everything. And all these teams were telling me to come try out. But then this Boston Advantage team, that's where I ended up playing. Um, they played in Tier 1 Elite League and they were like, you know what? Screw actual tryouts that are in like June. 
come play in this EJ classic because your numbers are pretty good. I got like, let's just see what's going on. And uh, at the time I was going to uh, prom with an absolute rocket. I was actually really stoked about it. And uh, they kind of were like, can join any weekends. And he's like, I was like, listen, and I told him too, I was like 16 or 17 years old. I'm like, listen, man, like I got a dime for a date and I need to like go with her because like, <laughs> And so, uh, that's and a so, classic sure. Yeah, right and there. the guy was funny, and he was like laughing. He's like, "Oh, it's all good. Like the second tournament's the next weekend. It's actually the better one." I'm like, "Oh, like what's so much better about it?" He's like, "The actual EJ teams are playing," and I'm like, "Christ, I'm six, 16, 17." Like, I remember playing in a game, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk was on the ice, and I was like, "This is incredible!" Because like now that guy's in the show, so it's like, um, you know, did well there. So I made the team moved up there in like July went to a different high school my senior year uh once the season ended uh came back home graduated went back up there and then my dad got a job transfer while I was uh in my senior year of high school back up to New Jersey so during my second year 18 U I got hurt separated my shoulder so I came home and my dad was like you know there's this powerhouse junior team right by where we live called the New Jersey Hitmen like do you want to go see them play and at the time the EJ was loaded like it had Jimmy Vesey it had Alex Prescott who played at Brown Nick Cruz who played at Union it had like all these studs and guys going to Boston College like Chris Cownan Adam Gilmore who was actually a former Georgia teammate of mine he's a stud but um no, it was just like watching them play. I remember the Hitmen had like 22 Division One commits out of like 25 guys on the roster. And I think scratches were even committed Division One. So I was like, I know this is where I want to be. And uh, yeah, so next year I made that team. Funny story, though, there was a little transition between EJ and then it called itself the USPHL Premier. So when we went to tryouts, I remember my buddy Joey DeLuca, he was like, he was from Chicago. He started crying on the phone with his dad he's like dude I made the team like I'm gonna go division one and everything and like I was just like stunned I'm like holy shit like I might actually get a chance to like do something like with this and then they're like hey guys listen like you're gonna be on the elite team we're actually going to pick a whole new squad for the premier team and like they were nasty like when they repicked the whole team but I think we would have been all right but uh I was like fuck that I want to play premier after so then I went to Portland and uh, played for the Pirates to finish it out, and then came to Indiana. But, uh, I mean, we can get into that other stuff, why I chose Indiana later, though. But, yeah, that was the journey. And oh, I guess I forgot I went to Germany to play, too, last year and uh, was supposed to play this year. But whatever, man, like, things yeah, happen. We'll, we'll get into the, uh, yeah. the Germany later. For sure, for sure. So obviously you went to Portland. What was it like skating in Saco with uh, at the, the oh, Pirates yeah. practice facility? It's crazy. I mean, the fact is we lived in the same apartment complex as the AHL team. And then at the time, Henrik Samuelson signed a ticket. I think it was like 925 grand and it was a two-way deal. So, I mean, him being the same age as like me and most of the guys on our team, it was hilarious, like seeing him around and stuff and like hanging, like some of their younger guys would intertwine with like us and shit. And like, um, you know, you could hear, it's so funny because there's showers that are like right next to ours. So you just hear like about their like rookie party or like something like that. And you're just like cracking up. I'm like suds in myself while like dying laughing, hearing some of the shit. And then Paul Bistonette signed with the Portland Pirates while I was there. 
funny story. I was walking out to my car because we all parked in the back and there was like an exit door in the back by all the locker rooms. And I was going to open the door and a door came in. So I had to pull it open and he croaked me right in the fucking forehead. But like, I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> biz. Like, and he's like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like looking at him. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like my, like minor CTE issues and stuff, but like, I'm okay. But like, he was a cool guy once he got Cause like in the locker room, you could hear them talk too. So like once he got there and everything, he was only there for like two weeks. He didn't last, but um, he, it was like, it was a good time learning from them. Cause our gym was in the rink. You got to see them train. You got to see what it took to like train like them and stuff. And then they practice before us. So you get to see that. And then they're talking to us. So it was, it was a lot more different than like, you know, when an NHL team practices at like a youth hockey arena and stuff like there's no, there's no connection there. Like there is, I mean, they're going to talk to you and stuff, but like we literally had a bunch of AHL mutants like living in the same apartment complex as us. So you don't get that all the time. So, I mean, it was pretty, pretty good experience. Cold as hell though. I would not go back to Maine. So how the heck do you get to Indiana from here? (laughs) So when I was playing 18s, my first real like exposure, because I knew what like getting committed was and stuff, but in Georgia, you don't like hear a lot about it. So like when I went to Boston, um, my line mate in tryouts was 15 and he was committed to Maine. And I, I thought he was like 19. I was like, uh, I remember the kid next to me in the locker room was like, nice. Like you're playing with him today. Like this, this would be good. And I go, Oh, nice. Like, what is he really good? He goes, yeah, dude, he's going to Maine. And I'm like, okay. So like what, like he's going next year. He's like, no, in like five years. And then this kid gets on the ice and he's dangling like Trevor Van Riemsdyk and all these guys. And I'm like, wow, like, I might make the team solely off this kid. But, like, then once the season started, being in Boston, you have all the schools literally everywhere at your fingertips, and they all come, like, playing the Tier 1 Elite League, just all the NCAA D1s, D3s, even some clubs. I mean, any of you guys play on the East Coast? Because, yeah, so, like, Syracuse, right? Yeah, so, like, all those guys, they come down and everything to – to watch and uh, I mean it's pretty much places packed and so I got uh Trinity look went on a tour I really liked it and then I also played at this UMass Lowell camp and for like a brief stint had like a lot of schools like looking at me but then as time goes on it starts fading into like high d3s and stuff and you're like all right I like where I'm at um really narrowed it down to Trinity College because they were this like powerhouse NESCAC school and uh, I couldn't get in. So, like, I remember going on a visit to another school, and my buddy was playing there, and he's like, listen, like, I want you to play the best hockey, but I also want you to have, like, a life. And he's like, if you come here, like, other than hockey season, there's nothing going on. He's like, upstate New York right now. And it's not like upstate New York, Syracuse. Like, it's upstate New York, small SUNY school. And he's like, you better, like, go look at, like, some D1 clubs or something. So I visited Udell. I visited my buddy was playing there at the time. He's a senior. I visited Ohio University. Um, both were teams that wanted me to come play. Um, and then I visited IU. And obviously, with the campus fits, you can attest like 
it's pretty ridiculous. Even when it's like the winter time, it just looks sick. You get a good vibe. The guys really sold it with taking me out. Uh, I was turning 21 in two weeks, but they still got me in at all the bars, which is kind of unheard of at IU. I would know because I was a carter at Roy's. So I definitely uh, turned away some guys that were trying to use fakes and stuff. But um, yeah, IU came about and I knew they were D1, but I hadn't have known, I hadn't known they made this switch. But it wasn't a huge deal because I knew the region they were playing in with Central. I mean, you got your Grand Valley States, your Davenports, Adrian's, Aquinas. Like, it was, uh, it was very competitive. So I wasn't too upset. Uh, the only games I was upset when we were playing, like, Wright State or some gong show. That was just an absolute mess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just went there. And I knew that I wanted to work in hockey. And I knew some of these small D3 schools didn't have the education to uh, – you know, further me that way. And so uh, Kelly School of Business was definitely something I was like gunning for, but I knew I had a backup with the sports marketing management program. So either way, I was going to like stay there, whether I got in that business school or not. And then, uh, you know, now I'm getting my MBA at DePaul. So I think that gives me more of an advantage to get to where I want to be. And, you know, I interned with a hockey advisory group uh, a couple summers ago for my internship for school. So, um, I think I'm doing the right things. Um, it's going to take time, but uh, IU is definitely the stepping stone of helping me. I don't know if I would have gotten that from going to a small division three hockey school. And I mean, you're sacrificing good hockey, but you know, in the end, like hockey's not always going to be there, but you hope like in my case, I want it to be there just not in the playing area of it anymore. It's more towards front office or maybe working as an agent or something like that. Was Indiana, uh, you said they were D1 when you visited. Were they D1 your freshman year? Like no. D1 club? They're, so I saw the website and they still had all like the D1 oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. stuff. And yeah. so I was like, oh, like, nice. Like I'm going and I saw like the region they played in. And then they're like, oh, we're actually D2 now. And I was like, well, when did that like switch? And they're like this year. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, what like whatever. Like I was so like. I don't know. I was just like, oh, like D1, D2. Okay, well, I'm going to Roy's later. So it's like, it's all good. Like, I went out like every night on that visit. I remember I was pre-gaming with the guys and I was filling out my residential forms, like calling my parents. I'm like, hey, uh, like, which one would you rather me live in? Like, <laughs> Pine Hall or like, they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like crippled. And like, they were just like, are you like enrolling there? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enroll here. And they're like, Indiana, like what? And I'm like, no, trust me, guys. Like, it's incredible. And then like my parents saw that it was incredible. They would always go out with us and stuff. But uh, so Sharps, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? Um, it was definitely when we, well, it was going into the visit because the visit was – at the rink while drop the puck on cancer was going on fits. You know what I'm talking about. So it's the fraternities. They play in this fun like charity tournament uh, called drop the puck on cancer. And the game we saw, or the game I walked into, I had no idea what was going on. I just saw rockets everywhere. It was Sig Kai and beta. And uh, I walked in, I'm like, is this an IU game? And I was just like, this is, but then I saw the jerseys. I was like, this is not an IU game, but uh now I walked in and I'm like, so like, what's good? They're like, let me give you a tour. So they're showing me all the locker rooms. And I'm like, 
okay like where's the team locker room and they're like oh there is no locker room I'm like so I have to carry my shit from <laughs> the upperclassmen housing because I wasn't allowed to live in a dorm because I was already like 21 so I was like bringing it to and from the rink just looked like an idiot like all the time and then we had to practice in Columbus Indiana for the first like month or two what was it Fitz like month and a half yeah, all the way till October. Because I was like, it's it's so convenient that there's a rink two minutes off campus, but we're not using it for the first, did, like, did two any, months. Did anyone tell you, tell you on that visit that you wouldn't be able to use nope. the rink? Yeah, yeah. Nope, nobody told you that. I think they would have lost me right yep. there. But they wait until you get there. Ohio University's rink is literally, here's the student center, here's the dorms, here's the rink. So, like, I was like, oh, that's cake. But, like, Nah, like, it, you know what? Was it worth it, like, to carry the bag? Hell yeah. I mean, the shit we did, man, like, you can't even – some of the stories I have, like, I am even, like, contemplating telling on here because I don't know, like, what could happen to my future. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> like they are so unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely the welcome to the ACHA moment. Other than at IU, where was your favorite place to go play on the road? You talked about Illinois for a little yeah. bit. That's definitely my favorite place, but going to play Louisville, I, I fucking hate those clowns so much, and I still get fired up over it. I got need one time so bad coming up on a power play. I made the move on the guy, and that prick stuck his leg out. And uh, Fitz, you had to remember the game. Mondo, yeah. like, instead of fighting the kid like I want him to do, because I would have fought anyone for any of these guys – he Mark McGuire baseball swings the guy and gives them a five minute power play. I'm like, dude, are you kidding? And I'm on the ground. I can't walk. I'm like, God damn it. Like I'm looking at the ref. He's got his arm up thinking like, Oh, they just called a penalty on it. Like I might be out, but maybe we got a power play. Mm, nope. It was our own guy. But uh, you know what? Mondo was just looking out. He thought it was the best way. Can't say I've never done anything like that. Um, so I mean, I hate Louisville and it was the best to get up for those games because the locker rooms were so close to like, if you were getting, say like Fitz was taping his stick for a game and like I was as well. And their guys came out my freshman year. We were literally like chirping them and we were like five feet away. And I was like, if one more thing was said, I swear there was going to be a brawl in the hallway that like the lobby couldn't see, but like all the refs coaches like everything it could have happened and like it was just I, I love those games but I also just hate that team because they're not good like it's just like that's my thing I'll be completely blunt about it like they're not good but they think they're good and then like they get all the fans from like their game days and stuff which does work out in their favor but I don't know I just don't like them but I always got up for those games yeah, have any like fun road trip stories where like you travel far and like obviously oh, we, all, we all love boys. the good road trips. Yeah, this story, all right. I don't even know if this like all right. So I'll put it this way: my favorite road trip story was when we played in the Big Ten outdoor tournament in Chicago. Fitz, you know it, Rosemont. Yeah. It was electric. Like three games outdoors in January, like just unbelievable and great experience. But my favorite story now that like this one's gonna go for a minute. So. We were going to play Davenport. It was my sophomore year. We had this coach. I won't say his name. He was an absolute lunatic. Um, his name rhymed with lint. That's all I'll say. And uh, so we go up 
And this year, that year, like Davenport was an absolute wagon and we were like terrible like that year. We were really bad. And I knew it was going to be like one of those weekends where it's just an absolute joke. And so we're playing the first game and uh, I think like first period was close. And Trent Kunis is a guy who was on our team who would – he would just, like, start shit, and, like, and we all did. But, like, he took a slap shot at the goalie. I don't know if we have any goalies on here, but um, – Click the goalie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he took a slap shot at the kid well past when the buzzer went off for intermission. So a brawl ensues. And uh, for the first time in my hockey career, I decided to stay out of it, even though some guy asked me if I wanted to. And I was like, any other time, yeah, but, like, I just want to, like, play. Like, we're getting roped. I feel like I'll get a lot of ice time. Well, my buddy drops the gloves and what happens. They think that his number's nine, and they go, nine's kicked out of the game, and so is 15, who is Trent. So I get told I'm kicked out of the game, and I go, are you kidding? Like, I have video evidence Fogle took it, and it's clearly not of me fighting. And uh, so I sit out the rest of the game. Funny thing is, I come out of the shower. It only took me like 10 minutes to get undressed and everything. I go out. It's already 7 nothing. I go, I haven't even been out. Like, the second period just started. We're getting cakewalked right now. And so I think the end score was like 13 nothing. whatever. So everyone's pissed. Everyone's riled up. And I actually had – so my buddy back home, Lucas Lapino, shout out, Lou. Um, he had this girlfriend named Kayla who ran track at this school called Calvin College. So her and her friends who I had met before, they came and met us out at the restaurant we ate at. And so like, you know, like pretty good looking girls. And so there's a group of hockey players and they're all like hanging out with us. And our coach like comes over and he's being a weirdo and uh, Lint, Lint's being an absolute weirdo. And, uh, you know, the girls are like, this guy's like freaking us out and stuff. I'm like, oh, it's whatever. We'll go back to the hotel soon. Like, because they wanted to just drink with us and stuff or hang out and what club hockey players do on the road. And so um, they're like, yeah, we got the booze in the car and everything. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll ride back with you guys. And then, like, we'll get after it. And so um, I get back to my room and they're like, are you going first? And like, let us know. This is hilarious. So Lint was like room checking everyone and stuff like right when we got there, which didn't make sense because he never did that. But he clearly knew like something was going on or something. I don't know. So I'm in my room and I'm like, yeah, I think you guys are like free to come up. And so like, I guess while they were coming into the hotel, Lint saw them and he like chased after the girls and like to scare them away from the hotel. And so they called me and they're like, your coach just... (laughs) just like screamed at us and ran at us and like he looks weird and I was like crying laughing and I'm like just come up like a different way whatever so I'm about to head out of the hallway to go like let him in Lint Lint Nation is standing right there and uh he goes I want to check your room and I go for what and like he liked me he did like he was like 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 he he I don't know, but he didn't believe me that night. And so he's like, I want to check your room. And I'm like, okay, like go check it, bro. I swear to God, this motherfucker opened my hockey bag as if he was going to find three dimes in there. I'm going to go, what, what are you doing? I go, why would they be in there? Lint? like, why would they be, they'd rather get caught than being 
a smelly ass hockey bag and like and he's checking the shower he's checking under the beds there's nothing under the beds because they're blocked off in hotels it's not like you're gonna like slide a suitcase under there he's checking everywhere and i'm he's like all right he goes i'm watching you so then my buddy joey sears he calls me and he goes dude this kid is unbelievable this kid goes, I just got upgraded. We're at like a Best Western. I go, how much better can it get? Would you get like more pillows? He's like, nah, like bring those girls. I got a hot tub in my room. And I go, what? And he FaceTimes me and he's just like this. And all the guys are like, yeah. And they're like in this hot tub in the middle of the room. I was like, this can't be real. So I'm walking down. Clint's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going downstairs. He's like, all right, well, the girls better not be covered. I'm like, all right, whatever. And so, like, I go down to the room, and they're literally all drinking beer in this hot tub, like, the entire team. They're like, Sherms, get the girls in here. And so I'm like, all right, hold on. Like, I'll run to the parking lot. So I'm, like, running to the parking lot, sprinting, and I'm like, all right, guys, like, come on, we got to make a fast break for it. Running back in, and out of the corner of my eye, there's Lynch. <laughs> Usain Bolt style just I'm like oh my god I'm like just get out of here I'll see you girls tomorrow so they take off they're leaving Quint's oh Jesus Lynn's coming and uh, I, I just peel through the hallway back to Joey Sears room he couldn't find me I was too fast um and no so the next day kids are pissed they're like dude this coach is out of control he's a weirdo like so I go get lunch with these girls and uh, Lint ends up at the same restaurant as us sitting a couple tables over and <laughs> the girls are just like, this guy gave me PTSD. Like, I don't know if I could be here with him. I'm like, this is out of control. So we're getting ready to go back to the bus for the game and we're in the parking lot. There's families everywhere. A bunch of the kids, like, this mall was massive. Like, couldn't find the correct exit to get out of. I couldn't even. I Thank God I saw Thomas. Thomas was leaving the exit, Fitz. Thank God I saw him. Like, and I was like, Thomas, wait. Like, do you know where to go? He's like, yes. And so I'm like, all right, good. So I followed him, made it to the bus in time. Well, I get to the back of the bus with our president, Jordy Risen, who might be one of the funniest kids I've ever met. And, uh, he was like, we're missing like five guys. And I go, oh man, this isn't going to be good. So Snell and Cam McNamara come walking by and Clint, he, oh God, <laughs> he always had these sunglasses on because he said he had eye problems. So like, he's got these weird glasses on and he jumps off the bus. I remember there's like this family of like eight just getting out of their car. And he's like, oh, for crying out loud, fucking run. And so these kids just start sprinting to the bus and then it happened to another group of three and we we're going to the, going to the game. We get smacked like 15 to one. And I remember like Fogel was like, I'm going to punch him in the face. This kid's voice sounds like as if you had peanut butter on the roof of your mouth 24 seven. He's just like, that's how he talks. He's like, Clint, I'm going to punch him in the face. He scratched me for two games. We got 27 goals scored on us. Like this is a joke. And, Fogel, he wasn't the best hockey player. Max, if you're watching, I love you, but let's just like state the obvious. You didn't ever try. So, and uh, there it is. But that was the best road trip story. We eventually fired Lint. And uh, that was another crazy story that I'll tell you guys. I'm not going to tell it on here, but 
old Winter. Winter was uh, was a nutcase. (laughs) He he also asked my mom randomly for a hug once. I was like, oh, there's a case about to be dropped. Mom, don't touch him. You play at IU, and then uh, you start a pro hockey career, right? Yeah, I did. So, uh, actually, it wasn't in Germany first, so that was the plan to go over there first. I had some teams looking at me that summer going into it, but they were, like, unsure. You know, you got ACHA next to your label, and um, there's it's been done before. I mean, my buddy who played at Florida Gulf Coast, two of them went to Germany, and they did it. So, I knew it wasn't impossible, but I was like, I might have to start here first. So I went to, I got invited to main camp for the Watertown Wolves, uh, made the team, scored two goals the first preseason, had a couple of assists in the second one. I was like, all right, this is going to be good. Um, Cause then maybe I can jump to the SP and a little, everybody should probably know this, but like the higher you get here, whether even if you're not touching AHL or NHL, if you make it to the coast, you are going to make like the second league in like, like in Germany, there's the DEL, and then there's the DEL too. Like if you are a guy that can make it, or there's Oberliga, if you're a guy that can make it to the coast, you're going to be really making some money in Europe because they give you everything, and then they give you the paycheck. So it's like you're not paying for anything else. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use this as a stepping stone to get as high as I can in order to go, uh, you know, play in a higher league whenever that time comes. And so – did well, uh, officially made the team. And then in our first practice, literally after the meeting, this Russian mutant on our team who wasn't there all of training camp, just like showed up, just dummied me from behind in practice, just shoulder was done. And I was like, all right, that's a joke. And so I went home cause we hadn't gotten our paychecks yet, which meant I wasn't under their medical insurance. So I was like, I'm going to go home and see my shoulder guy. Cause I had separated it before separated the other one before so I went home and while I was rehabbing, um, my agent, not a big deal. Uh, he, uh, called me and was like, do you want to go to Germany? And I was like, absolutely. I was like, absolutely, man. Like, I don't even care like what league it is. If you got the experience, I'm down. It's like, all right, you'll probably leave in like five days. It was actually four I left, and he was like, how's your shoulder? I was like, dude, I don't care about, like, it. Like, if I'm getting this opportunity and you have it, let's roll with it. And so I continued rehab out there. And uh, once I got there, I mean, I had never been to Europe, guys. So, like, being able to use hockey as a way to get there was, like, the ultimate thing for me. I, I got chills, like, being in line, getting ready to scan my boarding pass to go on the plane, just being like, this is insane, like – um, and then getting there, I skated literally like two hours after I got off the plane, uh, jet lag was a nightmare, but, um, it was, it was unbelievable, man. I really do wish I was back there, but I also understand that like, I'm not the only one that like an opportunity got away from you due to something that was out of your control. Like, so I don't try to like ever think like my, miss season this year is like the biggest thing now like I'm fortunate I got to have from November to March of last year in Germany like I am happy I got to do that and I'm happy I stuck with it and I always tell guys even if you're playing club man just fucking go with it don't even give a fuck about what people say like just do what you want to do and if it makes you happy and you go for it and if you don't make it at least you went for it like why not? Like, you know what I'm saying? I went to an Indy Fuel ECHL camp before our season. Remember, Fitz? Before yeah. the season 
here? Guy was like, yeah, I think you could play in the SP. He's like, honestly, I think you should just keep it going because I didn't know club hockey was like this. And you came out here and showed me something with like division three NCAA guys and stuff. And now I'm going to actually start looking at club because it seems legit and we've never really had club guys come. So you step out of your comfort zone and you do it and you never know what could happen. So that's what I did. And I was happy I did it. How does that, you're just like, are you done then with Germany or is it like, Uh, everybody keeps asking me if like, I'll go back after I get the NBA because I've, plan on skating a lot and staying in good shape so uh i mean right now i'm skating with depaul's team i'm just getting some ice and uh skating other times when i can they're actually trying to get me to play for a bit but i don't i don't have eligibility i don't think so uh, i've been skating with them and uh you know just working out and uh i I would love to do it but then you gotta figure in there's gonna be student loans and stuff and it's not like i'm making insane amounts of dough so I guess when that time comes maybe but uh if it's all said and done on that aspect of it I'm glad it happened once so that's that's the way I look at it it's pretty awesome considering that uh like we talk a lot with with club hockey that a lot of the times you guys end up picking the schools that they really love you're not going to Becker College or Worcester State you're going to Indiana and you're playing college hockey at the end of the day it's like I mean you look at your Instagram and like people recognize the IU logo more than they're going to recognize the grainy picture that you post from your D3 game (laughs) and like at the end of the day it's hockey and the fact that you got to go play pro afterwards proves that you know it, it, it is competitive hockey I told anyone at school who was wondering how we were and stuff, because I think the hype really started at the end of my junior year. It's probably Fitz's uh, freshman year. Um, people understood it was kind of like getting to be a, a big deal because it was always like the two teams, like who's better, the D3 or the D2. And then senior year came around and we were an absolute wagon and everybody sort of knew after that. And then, you know, you get your friends coming. You've got sorority uh, games like, for uh, autism awareness and everything. And so then you got, you know, the hype around that and the social media is taken off. And then we got these sick jerseys. I mean, our setup was pretty nice. And, uh, you know, I think club hockey has a lot to uh, offer just because like we look at it, like we've said, you know, other than NCAA division one, the big schools are the ones with the club teams. And like, you get to really like, think about it like oh we have a hockey team like you know like Virginia Tech can literally say like we have a hockey team like they're wearing VT like we go to the games like it's cool like then I mean it has a lot to offer we've seen it U of I clearly has what it takes to get to the next level I mean they've been doing it for years and they do it amazingly every single home game I heard I heard it sold out every game my buddy got to do it for four years said it was amazing like couldn't even imagine what that's like and I had a great time doing it at IU. So, same thing happened to me here at Syracuse. They uh, they don't bring up the locker room if they don't have one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, hey, hey, how many times have we all said, "Yeah, I play hockey at Syracuse." Like, I, I play hockey at IU. There's never like the club or like ACHA doesn't get involved. Like it, it doesn't. Nope, like, nope. You keep it out. Yeah, you don't you, keep you it don't out. put it on your team jacket and you Bro, wear the jacket when you go Fitz, home. What are they doing now at IU? Hockey at IU that pissed me off so much. <laughs> I was like, I'm done getting merch. The this is what this shit's it. saying. Club sports made us do it. 
Joe. We just have to change the, the social media accounts, but other than that, you can pretty much do everything. Yeah, we got want. we got to put uh, Syracuse Hockey Club. Oh, that's God. Yeah, um, it's it's so tough too because like our conference. It's on the same realm of like the chess club. It's like oh. could we put club before the hockey at least, please? Like yeah. Oh my God! Just it's so remember tough. Remember, we would too. sit at Dun Meadows, like in the ninety-seven degree heat. I'd be sweating my ass off. I'd be like, I just want to get to the bar. We're like trying to promote our club. Some guy comes up to us and goes, "Do I have to know how to ice skate in order to join the club?" And I go, "Dude, just please like write your email and get the fuck out of here, please. This is an actual team, but for some <laughs> reason we have to be here. Like, get out." Like. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, you're not making the team. And I hate to say it and sound like that, but it was just like club ho- – there's certain sports, I think, hockey, lacrosse, maybe baseball, in the club realm, it's good. Like, if you look at the majority of it, it is good. It's not like flag football club. It's not like all this shit, like Quidditch, and you see the kids doing, like, LARP and everything. Like, it's an actual fucking sport. So, like, let's not put us on the same pedestal is these kids, unless you want me to wear a cape while I go in on a breakaway, fine, but you need to give me some dough for it because that is minusing my style points. But that's how I feel about it. Like club hockey is so different than other sports, other club sports. It just is. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it is. Like, if you don't believe it, go fucking watch a game. Like, yeah, let's um, describe the Indiana Hockey House. Oh, man. Um, so, like, everyone thinks it's gross, which, like, it is. Like, it was, like, our house for, like, 30 to 40 years or something like that. That's at least what we've been told by all the alumni, so I'm going to go with it. Um, I always wanted to live there. I remember, like, on my my freshman year, we were, like, having pairs with sororities, like, just throwing absolute bangers, like um, – and I just loved it. I mean, all you had to do is like lock your door and go down and hang with the boys or like whatever. And then the party got started. And like, we had guys that DJed on the team. We had like huge amps that were like up to here and they all went throughout the house and stuff. I got a good party store. These are two different nights, but they're pretty good. So like, clearly I'm old, I'm a fossil. And uh, I was that way when going to IU. So we threw a party like during welcome week, it was packed like 300 people. I was like sitting in a corner of the like room where everyone was. And I remember hearing like a boom and like, we're like, Holy shit. Like, what was that? Well, some girl goes, someone got shot. And I'm like, no one got shot idiot. That sounded like the floor. So like we get everyone out. There's literally a hump in our floor and like we're looking at it fits you remember this remember yeah. the like the the indent in the floor that was my so, freshman year yeah morons on our team are just rolling golf balls over it like people are going into the basement to see it it was bad uh so we got the landlord to send someone to come fix it and uh yeah we continued to rage from then on but then like two weeks later we had this one party and we decided like idiots to put the line to get in, like in the front door. So I go outside and the line looks like one of those Miami club lines and it's going all the way down. I'm like, this ain't good, but whatever, we're going to send it. Like, and I don't know if you guys know, like uh, my buddy, John Cristiano, Joe Stebbins and I, there were used to be boards in the front of the hockey house at IU and they took them down. And I was like, 
we need to put them back up. Let's make the design. Herps was doing like all that design stuff. So we designed the logos and everything. And uh, it said Indiana. And then it said 407 North Dunn. I then went to Dick's, bought two wooden hockey sticks, and we crossed them up on the thing. Uh, and so when everybody – and on the electric wire, we had skates tied together hanging there with gloves also hanging there. So, like, if anybody were to come, they're like, okay, this is the hockey house. So I'm in my room hanging out with a bunch of the guys, and someone comes up and goes, Sherms, the cops are here. And they, like, obviously know it's our house. They know it's a hockey team, and they want to talk to the oldest kid on the team. And I'm like – well, okay, like, all right, I'll go down. And it's these two guys on bicycles, and they're like, are you the oldest one here? And I'm like, I am. Like, why? And he's like, did you supply all the booze? And I go, no, I, I did not. Like, there's multiple 21-year-olds on this team. I go, I think, like, if anything, everyone supplied the booze. And uh, he's like, well, you need to get, like, everyone out of here or I'm arresting you. And he had pegs on the back of his bike. And I was like, what are you, are you going to, like, ride me to the police station? Like, when I, like, guys, imagine me just, like, coming up to a stop sign, like, on the pegs. I'm just, like, around the guy like this. And they're driving me. I'm just, like, they're like, is that Sherm's, like, on the back of the bike? Like, this guy got shocks, lucky. Like, in the, like, I was just like, all right, buddy, like, fine, I'll get the people to the back, whatever. So then this kid comes running out. We had taco bottles. It, fist, do you still drink that stuff? It's no. so gross. And uh, this kid comes running out, stealing our booze, and I see him, and he's tearing off down the street. And there was all these, like, prickly bushes. And so I'm like, all right. And so I, I catch up to him, and I just roll him into the prickly bushes and take our booze back. And it was my, like, epic like college moment because you have all of the people there and they're like yeah and I'm like an idiot I like an idiot I'm holding up two bottles just like this and the cops are like they're like ringing their bells on the bikes they're coming back they're like Woo! I'm like all right everybody in the back in the back like get in the back but like they never came back I'm fine I don't have a record or anything but uh that was for the good times of the hockey house I loved it couldn't couldn't ask for a better place to live. You talked about the, the Davenport brawl. Did you get into any brawls? Um, yeah, it was yes. like more so like Fitz saw a few, but it was more so like my earlier on IU career. Like I was a complete shithead, like on and off the ice. Not like I was getting in trouble or anything, but I was coming out of junior hockey. I was like, I'm 21. I have a pretty good grasp of like what I'm walking into. Again, it was like me being like, I played junior A, I'm going to club. How good, it, good could it be? And I did well and I like played up to what I did. But like when it came to like working out and stuff like that, I didn't think I had to go that hard because we were playing like club and stuff. Well, then when I'm playing like the Davenports, Grand Valleys, everything, good hockey players know who the good hockey players are on other teams. So what do you do? You try to stick them. You try to like chirp them everything. And I was so immature, if you will, into uh, getting baited into that and getting, I mean, Fitz, you've seen, I got better as time went on, but like, man, I remember I, I actually was proud of myself in this one moment. We're playing Michigan guy, Tomahawk me in the neck and I didn't do anything. And the ref even said, he goes, I can't believe you didn't do anything because I've called like a bunch of penalties on you before. And like, 
nothing was as bad as that. So like clearly you're changing. But then I got stuck in the balls once and absolutely fed the kid his lunch. And I was like, all right, like I'm going to like kill you. But um, now like the brawls were never that bad because like I was just like, clearly it's not the same as NCAA. They're not going to let as much go. So it's like, I might as well not drop the gloves, but I mean, stuff definitely happened. Like there, dude, it gets intense out there. You guys know, like, it's like club. It's not a joke. Like it's, I hated some kids on other teams and I couldn't wait. I loved practice, but I could not wait for the week of practice to get over until that Friday at 9 PM at the Frank, which was absurd that we played at that time. But like, I couldn't wait to get after it and just dummy kids. Like, um, no, I think that's good, man. I mean, I, we've been going for a while on this. I don't think people want to hear me talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what an interview. An absolutely phenomenal guest. Uh, thank you, Fitz, for bringing him on. That was, that was a good one. Yeah, Sherms is a, a great guy. He'll uh, get him on a hockey podcast. I mean, put him on any podcast. He'll just uh, keep talking and uh, – we talk about anything for days, but uh, yeah, just a great guy. All around hockey player who just lives for this kind of thing. Like he, well, he was made to come on the club hockey podcast. That's for sure. He's the definition of, of ACHA hockey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he did talk a little bit about how he, he would like to get into the, a management position in hockey someday. And I think he'll end up being a better coach than uh, our guy Lint. Um, that's for sure. I mean, I know there are a lot of bad coaches out there, but sounds like, uh, Lint is definitely one of them. And it, from what I hear fits, it sounds like he got a better job after leaving Indiana. Yeah. So after, after the Hoosiers got rid of him, my freshman year, which was midway through the season, um, he ends up getting a head coaching position at a team in the fed uh somehow some way but yeah he uh he wound up in the fed coaching a team in michigan you got the name right he's become quite infamous with what he uh with what went down there so folks folks if you've ever heard of the battle creek rumble bees it is not for good reasons um they finish their season in the fed with a 145 and two record partly in due to their 0-9 start before firing their head coach, the former coach at Indiana. That's, that's tough. That's, <laughs> it's tough to get fired from an ACHA team. And then you kind of get to hop, you get to hop back on your feet and you're coaching the fed, but tough to lead a team to an 0-9 start and then have that team finish one forty-five and two. I mean, they, they made ESPN headlines, so you got to give it to them. <laughs> you, you, you can't make that stuff up. That is – I don't uh, – I can't tell if it's like good. Uh, is it funny? that I, I really don't know. <laughs> it, it's tough looks for, for – I mean, I don't know if you can blame the players because – it, it sounded from the article that the players went to management or just like, you know, it's the coaching we got going on here just isn't, isn't going to cut it. So 
I think we blame ownership. Yeah. I think if, you, if, if, if you finish 145 and two, you're definitely not getting the right players. And you didn't start by getting the right coaches either. So they, they um, should have talked with Sherms before they, before they <laughs> hired Lint. <laughs> they could have used Sherms on the team. <laughs> that's, <true. laughs> that's not, that's not a knock on Sherms, but he could have certainly helped. Well, it was actually funny because we were uh, in the off season. We were talking about because Sherms is looking to keep playing. He ended up going over to Germany, but uh, he was looking at some teams in the Fed. And then we saw that Lint would be coaching for uh, that Michigan team, and we were like, you know, you can get on his team, or you end up getting on a team against him and playing against him. So that would have been funny. I, I remember last year when we got eliminated from the playoffs right before COVID hit. We were like joking on the bus ride home after we lost, like trying to cheer the seniors up, and it was like, all right, like, who's going to the Fed? Like, like I, I, I got the graphics stuff going. I'll edit some tape. I'll send it to some GMs. Like, where do you want to go? Watertown, Danbury, definitely not Battle Creek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, another great episode. Uh, thank you guys for for coming on as usual. Um, Thanks again to Sherms for coming out. It an awesome interview. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in.